you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With me today, my brother Kevin, sitting right across from me. How are you, Kevin? Man, I'm doing better than I deserve. Boy, you and me both. We've been sitting around here. We've been singing songs. We've been eating power bars, drinking water. <laughs> I mean, we're living a good old-fashioned time, and uh, yeah, we certainly yeah. hope you are, too. And so we continue on with these fourth-grade riddles and stuff. These are things fourth-graders can get. Let us know how you're doing on them. But here's the one for you today, Kevin. How do pastors like their orange juice? Um, Jews? No, it's not a play on Jews. Um, uh, pulp without pulp, without the pulp. Without the pulp? With pulpit. Yeah, he With got pulp. it. We're going to give him okay. that one, man. <laughs> he, he got that one. We're giving it. We're counting. You're generous, brother. Uh, Amen, it, brother. It's, uh, it's been a bad day for him. And, uh, so Hallelujah. We're talking about self-handicapping. So a lot of things come to my mind. Self-awareness, self-handicapping. Self-awareness is, is really beating self-handicapping, but I want to present these kind of together for this reason. Self-awareness is be sober, be vigilant, uh, because your adversary, the devil, walketh about, what am I, like a roaring lion or something like that, looking whom he may devour. Folks, can mm -hmm. I tell you something? You need to be aware. And when you're aware, it does give you a confidence. When you trust it, and I'm not talking arrogance. Some people think that, that I'm saying self-arrogance. No, uh, I'm saying self-awareness. And, uh, and then we got these, these people, Kevin, these self-handicapping folks. And we know them, right? So that kind of mm. goes hand in hand. If we're not self-aware, we can take self-awareness to a bad place. If we're not mm. self-aware and realize, or God-aware, know that God's part of it, we can find ourselves saying things like, well, I'm not really that great anyway. I don't have a lot going for me anyway. And over in 2 Peter 1.3, it says, according to his divine power, have given us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him have called us to glory and virtue over in first corinthians 13 for we now we see through a glass darkly but then face to face now i know the part but then shall i know even as i also am known friends can i tell you i i want to look at this as self-handicapping but I want you to remember something. You need an awareness, but you don't need to take it to the level of saying, man, I'm no good. You need an awareness of everything I am is from God. And then you don't handicap yourself. Do you think you're too good at just God will and I will? God's done some wonderful things in my life. I think he's going to continue with that. So you can say, I'm no good. Or you can say, look what God has done for me. He started out this week, and Kevin was testifying what God has done for him here in town. Kevin, when you think of self-handicapping, what's coming to your mind? Yeah, don't shortchange what God can do through you. Don't don't you know Paul put it this way in Second Corinthians chapter six, I believe. He said, um, or chapter five. He said, "You're not straightened in your, uh, you're not straightened in us. Straightened as you know that's talking about narrowed, not straightened with a gh, but straightened as in made narrow. You're not narrowed in us." 
In other words, we're not restricting you, but you're straightening your own bowels. Inside you, there's something going on inside of you that is limiting you. And I think sometimes we handicap ourselves because of our self-image, the self, you know, that I can't do this, I can't do that. And it's interesting that in that language of 2 Corinthians, um, he says, um, be ye enlarged. <laughs> so the idea is it's like a potter with a vessel. You know, he takes a lump of clay. Yes, we're just lumps of clay. We're just dust and water of God's breath and his spirit. But a potter who God is the potter, we are the clay, Isaiah 64, he is making us, he has to enlarge us. So, so he's using his hands and he's enlarging the, the lump of clay to make it something that is according, as seemed good to the potter, Jeremiah 18. And as he makes us bigger, we, uh, we, our problem is if we shortchange ourselves and we say, I, you know, all this, this, I can get this big. I can, I can do this and no more. And the fact is the trauma that we're going through in our lives is God's way of making us into a better, bigger soldier than we can imagine. We're talking about self-confidence. So self-confidence, you know, the confidence course in the army is, is, you know, a high wall and a bunch of obstacles and all these things in front of you to show you, yes, with a little bit of coaching, you can overcome this and you will come out of this confident that you will not run away or shortchange yourself ever again. And a lot of our ministry, Doug, is actually doing that as being, you know, showing people that there's a confidence course and coaching them through it so that they come out of it and say, you know what, I feel like I can do anything that God wants me to do. That's such a good example and a good scenario to remember you get up to that wall and I've been there when you stand there and you're looking up 25 or 30 feet of climbing these things that are four feet apart and propelling yourself over the top with a drill sergeant sitting up top screaming at you, Carragher, you're a maggot. Get up here. What's wrong with you? Did your parents have any kids who lived? You're a baby. Suck it up. And you know, you've, you've know you succeeded when you get over that top ledge and you start going down and they yell at the next person. That's how you know you made it. And uh, as soon as they say, Rob, you idiot. Did your parents have any kids who lived? Get up here. What are you, a crybaby? As soon as you, you, when you make that, when you, when your name changes to someone else's, I'm telling you, there's something that goes through your veins that's never went, there's adrenaline like you've never had hey. adrenaline. I remember we were zipping one time. Now, zip lines, you, you weren't hooked up with harnesses and stuff in the Army. You grabbed these handles and you zipped across a river. And uh, this particular day, we were in advanced individual training combat engineer school before I went to heavy equipment operating school. And we were literally zipping ourselves and dropping in the middle of the river and, uh, and swimming to the other side of the river in full uniform with a backpack on. Now, granted, we had taken anything out that would be damaged, but I'll never, I ruined a Timex watch that was supposed to be waterproof. I'm still kind of bitter about that. But anyway, I'll never forget dropping in that river and uh and being so scared i was only about 12 or 15 feet above the river but i was so scared but when i made it to the other side when i trusted mm. that the army was going to get there when i heard those guys yelling to me when i came up on that shore i let out a scream the likes of which you never heard we need to trust god and see that we can get up over that obstacle these obstacles are trials these obstacles are narcissists raiding laden knuckleheads these and, and when we get over them 
And when God stops calling your name about that trial and he's calling someone else and you're coming down the other side of that trial, you just let out a scream and gain some self-confidence and, and get out there and realize that God just did something great in your life. Folks, that's what we call satisfaction, standing toe-to-toe uh, with what God's trial has for us and coming over the top of that bad boy. And when you do that, everything changes. We've been going through the life of Christ. And, and man, I got to tell you, it's been pretty awesome looking at God's life, looking at Christ's life here on earth and uh, what it says to us now, the practical side of it. We find ourselves in the book of John chapter 8 and verse number 17. If you haven't been with us, just hop in. It's okay. And by the way, you can go back and remember September 11th through September 15th, 2023. We'll be located at Camp Joy in Whitewater, Wisconsin, having a Wounded Spirits Conference. You need to come out and meet Kevin. You need to come out and meet all of us. What a time we're going to have. We're going to have special music, special musicians. There's going to be people there. It's going to be a great time for all. It is also written in your law that the testimony of two men is true. I am one that bear witness of myself, and the Father that sent me bear witness of me. Then said they unto him, Where is thy Father? Jesus answered, You neither know me nor my Father. That's hard stuff right there. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. These words spake Jesus in the treasury as he taught in the temple, and no man laid hands on him, for his hour had not yet come, the hour leading up to his crucifixion and the death of of the human part of Christ. They never killed the God side. Then Mm. said Jesus unto them, I go my way, and ye shall seek me, and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, you cannot come. Then said the Jews, will he kill himself? Because he said, whither he go, you cannot come. So Jesus, again, referring to the law, again, he's slapping them around with the law. He affirms that he and the Father are are a witness of his identity, his mission. The religious leaders are freaking out, folks. He's he again. Jesus responds by pointing out what knuckleheads these people are and how they don't even know the law. They're not even following that uh, that this Christ child is coming. That this Savior has an advent here on earth. There's an appointment, and uh, they're not even following any of that. And he's standing. He must have been so confused and so hurt. God knows everything, but 100% man, 100% God, yet standing in the midst of those he came to earth to save, yet standing in the midst of those he came to earth to change, to give us life with a capital L, to let us live differently, they're just not getting it. Folks, don't be guilty of that. On this day, uh, don't be guilty of somebody who's not getting what Christ did for you, who's not getting what the Holy Spirit of God does for you. Don't be one of those people and uh, trust him. Believe in him. Lock his word in. Make it about that today. Hey, we'll be right back with you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. You know, folks, over and over again, we're seeing that there's an absolute necessity in knowing Christ. He's mm-hmm. he's talking to these religious leaders who are supposed to know him, Kevin, and he's telling them, man, your lack of knowledge in me and the Father, it's astounding. It's terrible. And uh, isn't it crazy? Yeah, it's crazy that the people that ought to be 
most familiar with God, which was God's people, the Jews, they um, they were just in darkness, and that's why Jesus is turning on the light. But, you know, the last two verses here are remarkable in this thing that you're talking about, Doug, that uh, knowing Christ is the main thing. If you don't know him, you are not prepared for forever. That means, you know, there's a verse in the New Testament that says, uh, it's in one of the Thessalonians, in flaming, when Jesus comes again, it's at the, at the end of the tribulation, uh, which which could be seven years from to, today would might be the end of the tribulation. I'm saying he could come in the air for his own today. But when he comes back at the end of, of that time of Jacob's trouble, it says it will be in flaming fire taking vengeance on them that know not God and that obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, it's off the top of my head. I think it's what it says. But I know it says, in flaming fire, vengeance on them that know not God. So if you don't know God, you are not prepared for eternity. Jesus put it this way in the last two verses of what we just read. Then said Jesus, I go my way, verse 21, and ye shall seek me and shall die in your sins. Whither I go, ye cannot come. There there is going to be a day where the unprepared will try to to go where Jesus is, which is going to be in heaven, and not make it. It's kind of like this. If, if Jesus is running toward a cliff and he runs off, he flies away because he has a hang glider, okay? Or he's got some kind of parasail. He's, you know, a Christian can follow him because he has outfitted them. Maybe they're base jumping and they've got a parachute, okay? So, you know, they're jumping off the edge of a cliff into some great gorge, big big thing now, extreme sport today. You base jump. and uh, uh, But anyway, as those that are not prepared are not, are not going to survive. And uh, that's what it is without Christ when it comes time for eternity. I read a story, Doug, gripping account. I didn't read it. I watched a YouTube about it. A uh, airplane full of skydivers is getting ready to jump. They're going to do a uh, some kind of an a, you know aerobatic type of circle or whatever in the air. And there's a photographer. The photographer is excited. He wants to go where they go. He forgets one important thing. He jumps out of the plane with the rest. Guess what he forgot? His parachute. His parachute. This happened not long ago. And so he's filming with his camera on the way down. He's a photographer. He's got a nice camera outfit. He's filming these guys. They're doing their link up. Everything's great. He's excited to be there as close as he can get to the action. They pull their shoots, and it uh, he falls down beyond them. And uh, and it's it's thankfully it's not graphic what I watched on the internet, but I you can follow him as he goes unprepared, and you see the other guys disappear into the sky above with their shoots. And there's nothing recorded of him saying being saying anything in what I heard anyway. But can you imagine the terror that would come as you realize whither they go, I cannot go. They're going skydiving. I am not prepared. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, you're not prepared. And let me just encourage you. The day's going to come where Christians are going to go, man, this is the day we're going to meet the Lord. And if you're not prepared. You're going to be left behind and standing at the great white throne judgment, and your name is not going to be found. It says their name, there was not found place for them. And so settle at a court. Get your reservation in now. 
And Doug, the other thing I'm thinking about, we're talking about Christians. A Christian is someone who is trying to prepare those around them for that jump. It's, it's a bad illustration of those skydivers as they're all checking their gear. They, no one thought to say, Hey buddy, where's your, where's your shoot? We're, we're fixing to jump out of this, this, uh, thing. And uh, nobody did that. And, you know, there's a lot of Christians. They are looking for their skydive and the excitement. They're planning on going to heaven. Yeah. But are they really being witnesses for Christ? Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a terrible commentary. You know, in the Army, you check your buddies' parachutes in their, in their reserve, and you pull on them and make sure everybody's hooked up properly. And, you know, but what an example. Looking up, everybody's okay, and you're going down. Mm-hmm. And, and folks, there, you know, there's a consequence uh, to unbelief. And yeah. I think Kevin just nailed that puppy right on the head. And, you know, something that caught my mind, Kevin, change the subject a little bit, so important as well, is Christ is in there speaking in the treasury. And this is what I found out about the temple years ago. I, I watched a video series of Jerusalem. And they took it to the treasury in a temple. Mm-hmm. Now, this is what the Jews did. You know, they hated the Samaritans. They hated the uh, the non-Jews. Uh, you know, they they hated these different people. Yet they would let them into the temple where the treasury was, so they could give. Mm-hmm. So they had them believing that hey, if you give, you know, you're doing something good. But yeah. you you can't come all the way into the temple. You can come into the treasury area, and you're allowed to give. You're allowed to make a difference, but you can't go beyond that into the into the holy temple. You're not temple worthy. But come and give. It's going to be all right. And uh, folks, can I tell you something? God lets you all the way in. Uh, there's no intermediates. There's no high priest. You got a direct line to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And and Christ over and over again with these Pharisaical. Uh, folks, these Pharisees, uh, over and over again, he's telling them, you're confused. There's a misunderstanding going on. There's a consequence to not understanding the Father and the God. There's an appointed time, and my time has not yet come, but there's an appointed time. And you know what else the Bible says about appointed times? It says over in Hebrews that it is appointed once. Uh, for us to die. It's going to happen. We've got an appointed time too, folks. And we don't get to make that decision and say, boy, I want to go on 2050 at nine o'clock at night. Mm. You know, no, there's an appointed time, Kevin. And only God knows what that appointed time is. Mm. You know, it's interesting you say that because it says in verse 22, then said the Jews, will he kill himself because he saith whither I go, you cannot come. And, you know, the, the Jews that were talking said that because many of the cults, you know, different times in the New Testament, they said, well, maybe he's just one of these, you know, cult members. And then Paul, you know, he comes along preaching. They're like, aren't you one of those cult members that led all these people into the wilderness? And uh, and they died and all this kind of thing. But cultists are, are notorious for uh, killing themselves or having the members kill themselves. And it's sad that, um, that that happens. And I just want to say, you know what? No matter how hard of a time you're having, say, God, don't ever let me pull the trigger on my own life. It's got to be your choice. God's got an appointed time for me, like Doug Doug was saying here. If you're going through a hard time, it's going to be the worst thing in the world to leave a legacy that he ended it himself because it's going to um, it's going to invalidate everything you've been trying to say about Christ. By the way, it'll invalidate all your love for others because it's the ultimate selfish act 
If I were to take my own life, it would send a message. I don't care the grief that I leave behind. It's uh, it's all about me. And uh, I'm gonna and, and and yes, some people may respect. Boy, he was very brave to do that. That's not the way the Christian looks at it. The Christian looks at it and says, "No, people that uh, trust God in the deepest, darkest valley, they say, Lord, my times are in Your hand, and uh, I'm going to trust You with that time." Yeah, that's so good. And, and, and folks, don't be one of those people uh, that try to try to be God, even in your own life. And, you know, suicide is exactly what Kevin's saying. It's self-murder. It's against God's will. It's against God's plan. God has an expected end, the Bible tells us. We all have this expected end. He has a plan for our lives, and we can't get outside that plan. But can I tell you what's part of that plan? I'm going to tell you right now is uh, the parts part of that plan is changing all those words self to God and uh, no more self handicapping, but having a God awareness, uh, having a God image, having a God esteem, having a, uh, and and think about that, having a God value of yourself, all those things can work in your life. Be that person today, go out today, put a smile on your face that only God can give you. We sure do love you. Listen to everything. Sister charity's got to say, thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.